Hey, I'm Andy McMillan, and today we're talking about not following your dreams. This is a sit-down conversation. Well, hey, I'm Andy, and today we're going to discuss not following our dreams. And I am sitting down today instead of standing up, and there's, there's two reasons for that. Number one, it's been a long week. And something just beeped in my house, and I have no idea what it is. I don't know if you can hear that or not, but I just heard ding. But anyway, it's been a long week, and I didn't want to stand while we did this. So I decided to sit my caboose down. And it actually has nothing to do with the level of discussion that we're going to have today. But I'm also sitting down because I had the privilege of um, getting some feedback on my YouTube channel uh, with a guy named Trey Van Camp that's also on YouTube. And so shout out to him. But Today, I want to talk about uh, not following your dreams. I want to say stop following your dreams, at least the way that we think about that in American culture. What, what did you want to be when you were a kid? What, what was the thing that you wanted to be, like earliest memories? I remember when I was a really little kid, um, I got told that the first thing I wanted to do was to be a garbage truck man. I just wanted, apparently when I was little, to jump on the back of one of those trucks and ride all day long. And, and I mean, now as an adult, I can kind of get why that would be a cool thing, right? You want to be the guy that jumps on the back of the truck and just gets to hang off, wave yourself around, whatever you want to do. It sounds like fun. Uh, it sounds like fun today. I mean, other than the fact that it would smell terrible, it sounds like it would be amazing to go and just right on the back of a vehicle all day and get paid for it. But I remember quickly going from garbage truck man to cowboy. For those of y'all who don't know me personally, maybe we've never connected, I was obsessed as a little kid with cowboy stuff. John Wayne, Gene Autry, Roy Rogers, all of those dudes who were now cancel culturing because they also did pretty bad things. Uh, all those guys, I loved those guys growing up. Watching all of their movies. Uh, I can quote some John Wayne movies. I am all, uh, I not really anymore, but I was all about the cowboy. Loved it. And somehow when I was little, I remember, I remember this being a thing, and I don't know why this was a thing in my mind, but my parents were really big into medical shows like ER and I can remember as a kid deciding I wanted to be a cowboy and a doctor. I, I was shooting like round one of this video earlier, and my wife told me that I'm not allowed to tell you what kind of doctor because it's kind of weird. But if you want to know, you can uh, shoot me an email or something, and I'll tell you. But I wanted to be a cowboy doctor. And so I, I thought in my mind, this was like a great combination. And then I moved on to like all your stereotypical things that, you know, people want to do when they're kids, policemen, fire, whatever, whatever the, the show was on TV. Um, I, I had tons of dreams, tons of aspirations. Uh, I also, for most of my upbringing, Wanted to also be a pastor. Um, that was always kind of in the the back of my mind, which that that's what I do today. I'm an executive pastor. 
at a church here uh, outside of the Portland metro area in Oregon. And, um, and I, I, uh, I had tons of dreams. I wanted to do so many different things. And if I had done all of those things, um, I would have probably just been learning how to do things for the rest of my life because there's so much to like, obviously being a doctor, there's, there's gotta be a lot to being a cowboy. I, there's gotta be a lot to that. There's obviously a lot to being a pastor. And so like, there's a lot of education that goes into all that, but I had dreams. I had big dreams to want to do these things. And I think we can all relate to this, this desire to do something big, the desire to do something significant with our life. When we're little, it's the idea of being a superhero for so many people, the, the desire to be Batman or Superman or Wonder Woman or, well, not the Wonder Woman after the last movie we watched because that was just awful, but the, the desire to do something significant. We've, for many of us, grown up with this mantra of follow your dreams. Do whatever it takes to make those dreams happen. There's a little bit of a problem in the way that we've approached following dreams here in the culture that we live in. And that is that we push this idea of following that dream so hard that it goes from something that would be good or a nice idea or maybe something to aspire to and we make it everything. We make it the focus of our life. We make it our identity. And ultimately, and when we find ourselves only focused on that next goal, that next career move, that next dollar amount in our bank account, what we find is that it drives our identity and it actually becomes an idol in our life. It becomes the thing that we care the most about. Our identity finds itself connected to whether or not we achieve the goal that we've set. And I was told, follow your dreams by my parents. Most of my friends were told that. And I'm not saying that that's an awful thing to tell your children. But what I am saying is that we need to help people find the realistic, healthy balance of those dreams in our life. And when we have a, a singular focus on our goals or on our dreams, we find ourselves a lot more broken because of that than we may have ever imagined. And that's because dreams can do damage. There are good things about dreams. There are good things about living out uh, a dream that's placed in your heart. But when it becomes the end-all, be-all, it does destruction in the rest of our life. The first issue that having an American version of follow your dreams is that dreams should never trump community. You know, you're called to live in a community. You are wired to live in a community. God designed you with a purpose and a plan, and that purpose and plan only happens in the context of community and relationships. And the difficult part about the version of dreams that we have in America is they're almost entirely individualistic. They're almost entirely just about making myself better, just about enriching myself. And often we'll, we'll leave our community behind in order to achieve that goal. Now, here's the caveat to what I'm saying. There are relationships that need to be left behind. We all have had a relationship, a friend that was pulling us down either with their negativity or just their, their gossip and just focused on whatever drama is going on in their sphere of influence. And those are not the people I'm talking about. 
But if we've got healthy, godly relationships, relationships that encourage us to be the best version of ourselves, encourage us to be um, closer to Jesus than ever before, those good relationships, then we shouldn't leave those people behind in order to just fulfill a dream that we may have, a goal that we may have. When we do that, it causes us to be so individualistic that we miss out on the foundation that God desires for us to have in our life, and that is relationship. And the truth is, is that what we do inside of our relationships with others is also what we do in our relationship with God. And when I choose to make it all about me and and nobody else and it's just me, the odds are I'm also doing that in my relationship with God, that I'll put my relationship with God on the back burner because I just want to fulfill that goal, that dream, that desire. And the problem with that is that dreams can't trump community. The second issue that we see with following our dreams in the way that our culture tells us to is that dreams should never trump our worship. They shouldn't trump our relationships and they shouldn't trump our worship. We are called to worship one God, that that God that we choose, Jesus Christ, the one who who sacrificed everything to be in relationship with us. Not only that, but we were called to worship him. We were wired and made to give God our worship. And oftentimes when we talk about that next goal or that next dream and we become obsessed with it, we make it too important. It becomes the thing that we worship. It becomes the thing that all of our time, all of our attention, all of our focus grab onto and we leave behind what it means to really worship the God who created us, the God who wired us to succeed in our life, to make a difference in our life, to make an impact. And if we're not careful, we'll leave that behind. And we can see this all throughout the Old Testament. There's a consistent theme throughout Scripture with the people of Israel, God's chosen people, that they desired uh, to just be like everybody else. Their dream, the dream that they wanted to follow, was to just be like every other nation. And because of that, they chose things to worship instead of God. They chose to worship at the feet of living like everybody else, having what everybody else had instead of worshiping God. It's why they had a king. The Bible tells us that the Lord warned them, you don't need a king. You should not have a king. I am the one that you should look to, but they wanted a king, so they got Saul. And we see what happened with that. Even their best kings were still people who fell short of their calling as the king. And God had a different plan for them. But because of their focus on that dream to be like everybody else, they gave into that instead of continuing to worship God. Now, I think that we do that in our own life. We wouldn't say that we've stopped worshiping God and started to worship the dream of living like everybody else but we see people do it all the time. Why else do people run up credit card bills just to appear like they have just as much money as their friends? Or why do people overspend in cars that they can't afford and have a car payment that that they never should have had in the first place, but they chose to have a car payment that was exorbitant because we just have a dream for many of us to look like the other people around us. Maybe it's not about Uh, the money, but maybe it's just about the success. We want to look like we're as successful as those other people. And that issue, that, that desire in us 
can become an idol and that idol will quickly become what we worship. So my dreams often try to trump my community. My dreams often try to trump my worship. And it often tries to trump the, the dream that God desires to place in you. And I know I've had this before, that there are dreams that I've had in my life. I mean, even from, you know, garbage truck man days all the way up uh, through my life that I had dreams and I discovered that those dreams weren't the dreams that God had for me. There were people that I thought were going to be the people uh, that I spent the rest of my life with. There were, there were two other people that I thought I was going to marry at one point. But you know what? God had a much better plan for that for my life. And that's okay. It's actually much better when we realize that our, our dreams may not be exactly what we need, but God's desire for our life, God's uh, gifts and blessings for our life are so much better. The problem is we'll obsess over that thing that we think is God's best, that, that we think is the best thing for our life, and we'll miss out on the much better gift that he has for us. I know that I find myself hyper-focusing on my own dreams sometimes, and I've missed out on what maybe God wanted to do in that season of my life. And I just wanna say to you, you don't have to miss out on those things. But what it requires us to do is to do exactly what we've been talking about through the last few episodes, and that is think differently about your dreams. We've been talking about Matthew chapter four for the last few weeks, where Jesus begins his ministry by saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And this word repent means to think differently. If I wanna chase some dreams in my life and I also want God's best for me, it's going to require me to think differently. I need to stop chasing my own dreams, my carnal dreams, the dreams that feed my ego and start chasing a God-given dream in my life. I need to start chasing what God desires to put inside of me. And the question is, how do I discover that God-given dream? And I wanna spend a couple more minutes of time with you talking about how to discover the God-given dream in your own life. But before we do that, look, if you're enjoying this content today, if this is encouraging you, if this is uh, getting you psyched about seeing God's best for you, I want you to do me a couple of favors. Number one, like this video. Number two, um, subscribe, whether you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts or you're watching it on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. And then third, Share this with somebody that you know that needs it. Share it with somebody. Let somebody else know uh, that, that we are sharing the gospel in this way. Maybe you know somebody that has really had their identity wrapped up in their dreams, and they need to pull it back and refocus on God. Let this be something that you share with them that encourages them. So how do we think differently about our dreams? Let's look into the book of Psalms real quick. Psalms chapter 37, verse four is where we're gonna start. It says this, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him and he will act. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil devices. The first way that we think differently about our dreams is that we do exactly what we've been saying. Stop worrying about your own 
dreams and start asking God to place that dream inside of us. The last thing that we see in the scripture that we just read is telling you, stop worrying about somebody else's success because there may be evil in that success that you have no clue about. And we live in the world of social media and we're seeing like these clips of people that they are, their life looks perfect. Their life looks like there's no issues. But I promise you, the people who look the most perfect online are probably actually the most broken. The people who you get a, a real good idea that they have some good days, they have some bad days, they have some chaotic days, those people are being way more honest. And if you'll find those people, it'll actually be encouraging to you because you'll see that we all have good days and bad days. But when we look at those people who appear that nothing goes wrong in their life, they're deceiving you. They're deceiving the world, or they're at least attempting to. And if I want God's best for me, if I want to follow dreams that God's placed in me, it requires me to stop and forget about everything that I think I know about other people and choose to ask, God, what is your best for me? The second and the most important is this, that your identity should come from God and no one else. That who you are is God's son. It is God's daughter. And God desires for that to be the, the forefront of your identity. So often when we're excited about a dream or are really focused on a goal, we'll allow our identity, our self-worth to rise, to rise and fall on whether or not we succeed in that goal. But with God, it doesn't work that way. I am his son. You are his daughter, regardless of your success, regardless of your failures. I've got two kids that are mine and Jess's. And uh, one's Jackson. He's four years old, cutest little dude on the planet. And Eden is the same way. She is my little princess. She's three years old. She is a, a cutie and she knows it, which is a little bit of a problem sometimes, but I don't care I, I am the dad who spoils his little girl. I love my daughter. And, you know, the, the truth is, is that a loving father sees his daughter, and whether she messes up or whether she succeeds in anything, I still love her, I still value her, and she's still my daughter. My, my little girl walked up to me the other day and hands me this crayon thing, like she, she wouldn't did some coloring. And she's telling me what it is, and it doesn't look at all like what she says it is. Do you know what? I don't care because she's my daughter. And I, now I'm not going to lie to her. I'm not going to be the, the guy who's like, oh, that looks exactly like what you said. No, no, no. I'm not that guy. But I, I take her and I tell her, hey, I love you. I love that you're drawing and go draw some more. <laughs> you know, like keep on doing what you want to do because whether she's good at it or not is irrelevant because she's my daughter. And I, I want to say that to you, that you have a heavenly father that feels exactly that way for you. And when you allow your identity not to be caught up in whether or not you succeed in your career or whether or not you succeed in a certain area of your life, but you allow your identity to be found in the grace and the mercy of Jesus there's something that begins to shift on the inside of us. There's, there's a new health that comes from that because there's a consistency to our identity and not this up and down emotional roller coaster of whether or not I'm worth anything because of my successes or my failures. 
I'm a lot of things. I'm a husband. I'm a father. I'm a pastor. I'm a friend. But you know what I am the most? I'm God's. And I'm his son. And that will never change. And the Bible says in this passage, to delight yourself in the Lord. This word delight means that we find fulfillment in the Lord, that our identity, our fulfillment, our self-worth comes from the living God who created us. And that's where he desires for you to find your strength, to find your identity, to find your peace, not in the next thing, because the truth is there'll always be a next thing. You may achieve that goal that you set out, but there's always a next goal. It never ends. It never stops growing. But when you stop and you allow that to be your identity, it changes everything in your life. And I wanna encourage you, don't find your identity in chasing after dreams, but find your identity in being a son or a daughter of God. The last thing I wanna say about thinking differently about your dreams is this, that we need to invite God to shape those dreams. It's not just about um, looking to God and kind of getting uh, like a, a picture in scripture of what we're supposed to do. But it's allowing that that community, that eternal community in our lives and really developing that relationship with him and allowing him to shape us because he desires to give us God-centered dreams. What does that passage say? Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you what? The desires of your heart. So often we go to God and say, give me the desire of my heart. Give me this thing. But the, the truth is that there's an order to that for a reason in this scripture. It says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Why? Because when we delight ourselves in the Lord, it changes our dreams. God desires not only to give you your dreams, he desires to set those dreams in you. And when we begin to realize that God has a dream for our life already, before he ever created you, he had a plan and a design for you and an impact that he desired for you to make in your lifetime. But we have to go to him and discover what that is. Sometimes the dream that God gives us is fairly obvious, that it's something that when we begin to spend time with Jesus, we go, whoa, this completely makes sense. Sometimes that dream is out of left field and we go, God, are you sure you want me to be that person? Are you sure you want me to do that? And sometimes the dream is so similar to what we naturally think about that that we go, well, of course that's what you wanted me to do. But here's what I want you to hear more than anything. If, if you think that your dream may be a God-given dream, don't use what I just said as a scapegoat for not really developing the relationship with Jesus to allow him to reveal it to you. Because when, when God reveals that dream to you, it'll be more real than ever before. And you think that the dream that you're chasing right now is important. But when I spend time in God's presence, when I begin to get to know him through reading the word of God and through prayer, that dream will become alive in a way that I have never known. And it not only will come alive in a different way, it'll enhance all of those areas that other dreams would take you away from. It'll enhance the community God's put you in. It'll enhance your ability to worship God and to, and to know God differently. And when we begin to stop chasing the dreams in our life 
that seem good and start chasing God-given dreams, we find a sense of fulfillment and a sense of peace like never before. Because whether or not we hit the nail on the head every single time, we're still God's children. We're still God's son and daughter. Well, I hope today has encouraged you. I hope today has built your faith up a little bit. Thanks so much for sharing this, liking this, and subscribing. Until next week, you're watching the Andy McMillan Podcast. 